Hi everyone, you're listening to Tailgating with Dave and Kevin. All right, welcome back to a special edition of Tailgating with Dave and Kevin. Uh, I am Kevin Schmidt. I am a prep sports writer with the Daily Herald's DuPage County Sports Department, and I'm flying solo today. Um, This is kind of a special edition of the podcast. Thought it was important to come on and talk about the IHSA's new uh, return to play plan, I guess is what we'll call it, that was announced uh, last week, end of July. And, um, you know, some pretty drastic changes in there. Uh, It was a lot to chew over initially, but we've had a few days to think about it. And um, and now I I think it's a good idea to bring in kind of a – uh, our resident expert in uh, high school sports in the pandemic era, the COVID-19 pandemic era. So I would like to welcome back to the uh, program Naperville North Athletic Director Bob Quinn. Uh, Bob, thanks for jumping on. I know this was kind of last minute, but uh, a lot going on, and we appreciate you joining the uh, the program this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kevin, and thanks for continuing to uh you know, try and educate. I mean, that's that's part of the deal is we've got to educate our community and, and everybody has to understand it and all of that. So I appreciate um, that public service as well. Well, let, let's get into that a little bit because I do think there's a lot of confusion with what's going on out there. I don't know if it's necessarily confusion. I think it's just a, a difficulty in trying to take in all, all the information um, because we're, we're so used to doing things a certain way uh, just, sure. just for decades, you know. It, but I think the bullet points for me with the IHSA plan um, are that football, boys soccer, and girls volleyball are being moved to a spring season. Um, In the fall, starting August 10th, we're going to have boys and girls golf, boys and girls cross country, girls tennis, and girls swimming. And then I think the other bullet point is the creation of this summer season. There will be four seasons this coming school year. And that's going to have a lot of the traditional spring sports, uh, baseball right. and softball, um, I think boys volleyball, girls soccer, and uh, what else is in there? Boys tennis, I think. Right. Um, yep. So I, I, just to kind of fill people in, that that's where we're starting at right now is with the four-season school year. And the main thing is those contact sports are being moved to the spring. We're still going to have a few sports in the fall. And boy, there's a lot of upset people in this summer season. Um, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, what, you know, what kind of yeah. what kind of stands out for you just looking at all this? Well, I, one of the things that stands out, and I think it's really important to remember, is that you know through this whole thing, there has been such a it's not a disconnect as much as there's all of these entities that are trying to create guidelines to keep people safe, all born from good intentions, right? But one of the things that has, in my mind, really created some confusion on this has been the fact that Governor Pritzker's office in the state of Illinois has come out with um, their sport guidelines that impact youth sports and high school sports. And those are real general in nature, right? They talk about uh, really aligned with the NFHS guidelines, and they identify sports as in risk levels, right? The higher risk level, medium risk level, and lower risk level, depending on the sport and the, you know, the the 
whether the sport is highly um, personalized in the sense that you can spread the disease because of the personal nature of how you compete. Um, And so you have those general guidelines that talk about certain things that have to happen and when they can happen and metrics to evaluate how well they're happening and how well the state's doing. And then you have the IHSA with more specific guidelines speaking to high school sports specifically in the state of Illinois. So trying to mesh those two sets of guidelines and those two um, those two documents has been has been tricky. Uh, you know, I had a staff meeting this morning and we talked through them, and I, I found myself going back to the documents and reviewing them and making sure I understood and were addressing things specifically. So those things have occurred, you know, for the past four months, and it's been hard to kind of evaluate who wants what to happen and and you know by when the day is done we're accountable to both of those entities and more um including our local governance right we have to right now as as you and i speak here monday at 2 p.m we still at naperville 203 do not have approval administratively from our district or from our board of education now we hope um that we'll get it and we hope that they'll give us approval to do that but we have to gain that local approval as well so all of those governing bodies again it's all born from one and to keep people and coaches and kids safe but it, it's confusing and a lot of hoops to jump through yeah and i think that's i i'm super glad that the ihsa is wanting to do something this fall you know um i'm, I'm glad they just didn't push everything back to november which is when you know the, the winter season i guess technically starts with basketball and i right. guess wrestling which, Basketballs, <laughs> both girls and boys, wrestling, girls gymnastics, um, yes, and, and both bowling, girls girls and boys bowling, yes. You know, I don't know if anyone actually thinks wrestling is going to happen, but it's it's there, and you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think the basketballs are in the same boat, and you know, it, it just depends on what happens. Um, you know, as an avid Daily Herald reader, I read two articles this morning. I read certainly your article about the pros and cons of the IHSA, and then there was an article about uh, young kids and the impact, and then there was an article I think that was taken from the Washington Post about uh, the fact that a vaccination um, is important but might, might not be as quick to turn the tide as we think it might be. So all interesting stuff and just trying to stay on top of all of that so we can be educatedly and educatedly inform our, our public and our communities. Yeah, and I, I think one of the main things is that I, I think that there needs to be some T's crossed and I's dotted with what uh, Governor Pritzker presented and with what the IHSA presented because there's still as much as information that was thrown at us last Wednesday, I guess it is now, there's still so many questions. And, um, you know, I guess one of my big questions is just the the push. It seems like so many school districts are now going to remote learning. Um, and it seems like the common thing now is through October. I don't know if that's what District 203 is doing, but um, I mean, will they allow sports to be played? during a time of remote learning because that does right. kind of present a contrast in in views there you know if you're not having kids in school can you have them participate in sports 
Right. No, I, I think that's, yeah, that's great. And yes, 203 has made the decision through the end of October that we will remote remotely learn um, for all. And, um, you know, I, that, that is a great question. Uh, but I also think one way to look at it is this. Um, we in the world of athletics across the state have, we're, you know, we're just completing our eighth week of summer camps. Um, we started off with the pods of 10 and the strength and conditioning. Um, and then we have just are concluding uh, three weeks of, um, or fourth week of uh, sports specific training with pods of 50. And one of the things that I am unbelievably proud of the Naperville North community specifically is that we as a coaching staff rolled out to our district and to our community, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to keep kids safe. And we did that. And we were able to run that strength and conditioning at an unbelievably high level with regards to great satisfaction. The kids loved it. The coaches loved it. Our strength and conditioning guys did a tremendous job of getting this all set up, and we did it. Got 400 kids through every day in about two and a half, three hours. And we screened kids. We took everybody's temperature every day and did the screener with kids. And we kept kids safe, and we socially distanced. We wore masks in transition outside, all of those kinds of things. We've done the same thing the past several weeks with regards to our sports-specific training with pods of 50. I believe that that step by athletics, and I also believe the step that could happen this fall and hopefully will happen this fall with regards to the six sports that are going to have traditional sports seasons, and then we've also, we'll get into it, I'm sure, the 20 contact days that we've been allotted. Those are the kinds of things that can instill confidence in our community. They can help our kids and our family understand protocol in these different times, and they can help us all move forward as a school district and a community to get kids back on campus so that we do have uh, face-to-face teaching and learning going on uh in the future yeah i think that's a good point because at, at some point you have to dip your toe in the water right and and see right, and sure. see what it's going to look like and i think this summer has like you said it's kind of given that opportunity to kind of say okay this, this is what's going to have to happen if we want any kind of return to athletics um right i'm glad to hear you're doing things the right way i just worry about you know as well as i do there's just people out there who aren't doing it the right way. I mean, you're, you're on Twitter too, and you see those pictures and videos and, right. Um, right. I, I, yeah. I just really worry about, you know, going the wrong sure. way on this. Right. And one of the things that we've talked about for the past, you know, again, the past five weeks or eight weeks, whatever it is that we've been doing camps, you know what we have to, as leaders, Uh, in this community, we have to do a couple of things. And the first thing we need to do is talk to our student athletes on a regular basis about PPE and about social distancing and about doing all the things that we know is going to increase the chance that we will be safe. We need to wear masks. We need to wash our hands. We need to socially distance. We need to do those things. We've been given a great opportunity by the IHSA and by the state of Illinois to begin a return to play. If we don't do those things, we're going to be back in the same position we were in. We need to talk to our kids and our families about doing those things. We need to talk to them about doing them not only when they're with us and holding them accountable for doing them when 
they're with us. But we also need to talk to them about doing those things when they're not with us. When you look across the state at the issues that schools have had, and obviously the most, um, probably the most public uh, example of that was the Lake Zurich situation. Right. Lake Zurich didn't cause that issue. Lake Zurich right. caught the issue. Exactly. The, exactly. Issue, the issue occurred outside of Lake Zurich. And we've had a couple of scenarios where we've had kids. The last question we ask kids on our screener is, "Are you have you been in contact with somebody who's been diagnosed with COVID? And we've had a couple of our kids say yes. Now, we caught it before they got to the screener because parents were transparent, open, and honest with us with regards to those screeners and what's going on in their kids' lives. If they're not, if they hide it, it's like the concussion story, right? right. If a kid gets a concussion in the second quarter of a football game or a lacrosse match or a basketball game and doesn't tell anybody, then we're in trouble. And we can't help that kid. And if somebody doesn't tell us that they've been in close contact with someone with COVID or have been in uh, a dangerous situation with regards to the disease, then we're in trouble and we can't do anything about it. So um, talking to our kids about being responsible outside of the guise of Naperville North um, structure uh, is important. And we also have to have our coaches do it. Um, Our coaches have to wear masks. Our coaches have to excuse me, socially distance. If our coaches don't do that, then what we're going to do is we're going to lose an entire coaching staff. If my football staff sits in a conference room and doesn't socially distance, and then one of those coaches is identified as having COVID-19, the entire staff will be lost and they'll have to socially, they'll have to uh, quarantine for two weeks. And that will shut our program down. You're going to have to go back and you're going to have to put your coaching hat back on. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that. Um, But we'll have to, you know what, we'll have to socially distance and we won't have, I'm sorry, we won't have coaches, we'll have to quarantine and we won't have a staff to do that. And not only should we be doing it because we should be modeling appropriate behavior for our student athletes, but we should be doing it to keep each other safe as well. So all of those things are, it's just different and it's hard and it feels, you know, in the high school, it, it feels like you're you're teaching in a grade school. Not that it's bad, but you're just, there's just so much more structure in a grade school and there's so much more um, direct interaction with students and direction with kids in a grade school scenario and in high school there isn't as much you we let kids make mistakes and learn from those kinds of things but we've got to be much more directive and it feels uncomfortable at times but we have to do those things well let's dig into the plan specifics here um i i think the obviously the main group of people who are upset by this plan are the ones who are now in the summer uh season And those are the sports that were in the traditional spring season, baseball, softball, boys volleyball, um, obviously girls soccer. Um, Now their season is shorter than the fall, winter, and spring seasons. And this seems kind of unfair just because those were the sports that were canceled just a few months ago. Uh, baseball, right. softball, girls soccer. They never even got a season. So here they get this plan from the IHSA and they immediately look at their season and not only is it in the summer, but it's shorter than the other three seasons. What, I mean, what is your reaction to that? Because, I mean, do you see a reasoning behind that? And I imagine you've heard from those coaches and athletes and parents just saying, hey, what the heck, you know, we why is our season... Yeah, well, I do think that there's an answer, and I think what the IHSA would tell you, 
And whether it's it's right or wrong, I, I don't know. But what I think they will tell you is this. I think based on what we can predict, and, and, and that's certainly been one of the most frustrating issues with this entire process since March 13th when we were sent home from school. Um, I will tell you that one of the things that all of this leads to is conjecture and project predictions. And I think if we try and predict what's going to happen in November, I don't know that it's going to happen based on where we're at right now. The contact, the heavy contact that occurs in a basketball scenario or the heavy contact that occurs in a wrestling scenario. So I think what they did was they built some time into those sports that are probably more subject to getting canceled or getting pushed back later. So they built some weeks in so that we might have some time to, to recoup that season and get a chance to actually play that season. I think there's great confidence that in May we're going to have the opportunity to play some of those lower-impact sports like baseball, softball, track and field. Um, lacrosse is a marked as a little higher yeah. with regards to the risk factor but the reality is by that time we'll hopefully things have settled down we'll have a little better picture of what's going on so the flexibility in those seasons wasn't needed to be built in on the front side so while it looks like those other sports are longer and they are in some cases they may not be involved in athletics during that entire time because um, it's just too close, it's right around the corner, and that kind of thing. I think one of the things that everybody has to remember is there's positives and negatives. I mentioned the article you wrote today. There's pros and cons to everything that's going on. And while I worry deeply about our winter season, right? Our winter season, if, if the winter season, if it goes sideways and we lose our winter season, where do we put them? Yeah, They don't get a chance to play. So there's pros and cons to everything. Everybody has the scenario with which they have to deal, and, and uh, we've got to figure some of those things out, and we will. Um, people have to have confidence that we will always do what's in the best interest of our student-athletes, and uh, we'll, we'll work hard to get that done. Well, and, and the winter season is interesting because really, I mean, when you look at golf, cross-country, girls' tennis, um, I mean, girls swimming. I guess that's a that's a big issue because that's inside the school. But um, you know, golf. Those kids don't even have to step foot in a school building. You know, right. they they can just do what they have to do at the golf course or whatever. Um, so I think I think the fall can go off without much of a hitch. But I, I guarantee I've already talked to some basketball coaches that are really worried about that November sixth, sixteenth start date. Um, and one of the reasons is because, you know, for all the press conferences and literature we got last week, the one word we didn't see or hear about was masks. Yeah. What is going to be the regulation on, on mask wearing, especially as we get into the winter season? And if you want to step foot into a school, you're going to have to be wearing a mask. I mean, that's just going to be a, you know, State Board of Health mandate won't it i mean yes so i mean if if you're if you're going to be participating in athletics inside you're going to have to be wearing a mask yes right now as as you and i are talking on uh, on this podcast our basketball team is finishing up camp and they will wear a mask the entire time uh, regardless of their level of physical activity and they've done a great job with it our coaches have done a great job the kids have done a great job now we're not doing the the physical contact that 
happens uh, in a basketball games, but they're running up and down the floor, they're shooting the basketball and uh, doing all of those kinds of things. But yeah, that's that's a question that has to get answered. Right now, the Illinois State Board of Ed is saying you're wearing masks when you're inside a building. And you know what? We should be. There's no question about that. Um, can you effectively play basketball or do something else with a mask on? We'll have to see. But if the answer is that keeps us safe, then that's what we ought to be doing, period, plain and simple. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I just don't know. But, uh, yeah, I worry about that with regards to the winter season. I worry about it, quite frankly, with regards to, to February when we start up uh, some of those traditional fall seasons, yeah. um, like football and soccer. Um, we'll just have to see. Um, who I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure out what in the world's going to happen with this um, with this COVID thing, but, um, you know, we'll have to see. It's, it's, uh, it's certainly unnerving. And, and you want to get it figured out. But I think the, the only thing that we can do uh, at this point um, is to make certain that we are doing what we can do, what the health officials tell us to do with regards to uh, all of the things from wearing masks, washing hands, social distancing, and um, all of those things. And, and I guess that brings me back to the fall then and, and girls swimming. Um, yeah. Now, how any idea how that will work? Because I saw something where... Uh, and I don't even know where it was between IDPH and ISBE, and I, I, I'm just my head is spinning with all this. But right. I thought I saw somewhere that swimming won't require any kind of mask or something. But I don't know how that works with relays and um, right. being, well, being inside because yeah. it's in, in it's inside school. It's not like you're at a YMCA or something. So I mean, any idea how girls swimming is going to work in the fall? At some level. So one of the one of the issues associated with swimming, and I, I I'll tell you, I. I worry about uh, cross country. I'm the uh, resource AD for cross country in our conference and um, we we had a meeting this morning um, with the DVC cross country coaches and those are big numbers, boy. When you have when you run a cross country meet, those are big numbers. And call it a contact sport or not, when when they're running out of the chute at times, it gets physical. When the course thins or, or you know chokes off a little bit, so there's some of those kinds of things that you worry about. But the swimming, the the issue that swimming is going to have is not an issue that cross country has, in the sense that you can only have 50 people inside of that venue. So in the pool we can only have 50 people so what we will do and we'll have i'll tell you right now that we'll have probably in the neighborhood of 80 to 90 girls on our uh on our swim team so what we're going to have to do is we'll have to work with other schools and we'll have to where traditionally we may have run a meet where we run you know we bring the teams over at five o'clock and we run our you know, our fresh soft level, then we run our JV level, and then we run our varsity events. Uh, And then diving sprinkled in there in between. Um, What we'll probably have to do is we'll have to either move to a two-day format where we only have certain levels or we'll send our lower levels to the other site. So if we're swimming against Naperville Central, we may run our lower level kids over to Naperville Central and run the varsity event here. Now that's not ideal, but that does allow you to meet those guidelines that occur. Um, so that's that's something that we'll have to get figured out and we'll have to uh, try and manage as we work through some of those things. But being inside limits you with the number of folks that you can have inside a, inside of a, a space. Yeah, and that brings up another point because, 
you know, a lot of a lot of these fall sports, I mean, they're accustomed to having these massive invitationals and tournaments on on weekends, and that's obviously out the window at this point. What is it? It's it's capped at three teams per Correct. event. Um, right. Yes. You're and right, I imagine. Three teams. And I imagine that'll limit some of the some of the issues with cross country. Um, it, you know, some of the things you're talking about with the crowding and the narrowing of the course and the you know the, the starting point and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, we run, we want to run one of the one of the greatest events that we run every year is what's called the Twilight Cross Country Event uh, Meet. And what we do is we have uh, 17 teams from each gender. So 34 teams and three levels, and we run it at night on our campus. And it is one of the coolest events that we run. You obviously can't do something like that in a manner that's going to match up and meet the uh, the expectations of uh, what's going to keep folks safe. Well, and I think we're going to see that all year. I mean, you're not going to see uh, holiday basketball tournaments. Um, it's just something we're going to have to get used to where it's just – dual meets and uh, single games and, and things like that. It's just one of the adjustments right. we're going to have to make. But I, I think s- there's so many invite-reliant sports that I, I, I it's really going to hurt those sports, I think. But, again, I right. think in a way people are just going to be happy to be out there competing against anything. For sure, and hopefully it's something we have to get used to for this year. Um, you know, hopefully we put ourselves in a – you know, a world health situation where, um, you know, we were able to come up with a vaccine, we're able to um, put ourselves in a situation where we get a grip on this thing and and, um, are in a better situation moving down the line. Do you see any scenario where there's wrestling this coming school year? Yeah, well, I think think it has to do with, um, you know, again, I I guess it has to do with where we progress to with regards to um, the disease and uh, COVID-19 and where we're at. Do we have, I saw, again, from your, uh, there was an article, as I say, that I think was from the the Washington Post that talked about two companies entered the last stage on Friday, two companies entered the last stage of the, vaccination scenario and you know i I, again i you know everybody kind of thinks hey as soon as we get this vaccine we're good to go and and this article is kind of indicating that you know we would have months maybe before uh we knew the true effectiveness of it or before it was able to really take hold and and really make a difference so um again i i guess it depends on what we find out too right if, if we find out that we're in a scenario where um we're able to do some highly um physical things and and not have a huge spike and spread the disease um then maybe we are in a scenario where we can do something as uh, intimate as wrestling but i you know just going back to what we were talking about earlier though i mean november 16th um that just really doesn't seem realistic. And then, like you said, where, where do you then, if you have to postpone wrestling, there's nowhere really to put it. Well, I, I think you can put it at the other end. It's not, in most scenarios, wrestling's not competing with other sports with regards to facilities and things like that. And, and one of the things that I'm taking the IHSA on its word at, and I, and I don't know why I wouldn't, is that the built-in flexibility and the fact that they are going to be flexible and be able to do whatever they can do to try and get all sports an opportunity to compete. 
Now, does that mean that we get to a point of no return with certain sports? I, I just don't know. Um, but my hope is that we're able to say, hey, you know what? We'll run wrestling in the summer, for goodness sakes. I mean, if, if that's the case and that's what it takes and that's what we're able to do, then let's do it. Why wouldn't we do that? Yeah, and I think at a certain point, you're just kids are going to have to make a choice between sports if, if that's – if that if if we really start getting backed up and you want to play everything, um, right. you know your multi-sport athletes are simply just going to have to make a, a choice on what they play, and that's super unfortunate. But that's just the reality, I think. Yeah, and I think you know one of the things that we have talked about at length is you know how can, what is the what's the scenario what's the plan that we can come up with that doesn't put coaches or kids at odds for making those kinds of decisions. Right now, the plan there is there is some you know a scenario where we are we've got uh, at, the plan right now has water polo participating in the spring. Um, against things like soccer and football. And I know that we have some water polo kids that participate in those events. So, you know, there are some decisions that are going to have to be made in that regard. Um, But, you know, the plan that was produced, um, you know, we've seen all of these types of plans over the past couple of months that have addressed all kinds of things. And one of the things that I was steadfastly opposed to was putting kids and coaches in a scenario where they had to pick and choose what they would do. Um, And when I say coaches, and we have coaches that, you know, if we just throw all the high contact stuff in the spring and run the low contact stuff in the fall, you're going to have coaches that have to make decisions about what they're going to coach. Yeah, right. Almost all of our coaches are doing more than one thing, and they're head coach in one sport and a key coach in another program and, and all of those kinds of things. And we don't want coaches to have to make decisions like that, nor do we want kids and families to have to make decisions like that. So the plan that they have has done the best to spread that kind of stuff out. Now, sports start moving from one to another because they're not – or one season to another because they're not ready to go or, or world's not ready for them to go, then that's a different scenario. But on on first blush, it, you know, hopefully we have limited those types of experiences. Now, how the DuPage Valley Conference and the Duquesne Conference kind of put together a plan, and I think it was one of the many plans that was presented to the IHSA in terms of trying to get the school year underway. And um, from what I remember looking at it, your, your plan – kind of put everything on pause until December or was it January? Right. December. Okay. December 21st, which was the the last day or last day of first semester or first day of second semester yeah. uh, winter break, that kind of thing. Um, but again, that what that has no flexibility, right? I mean that we started with that date, but there was no flexibility if you couldn't start on that date. Right now, it's it's about a month earlier, but now you have four weeks where you can kind of kind of play with that. So um, you know, yes, that was that was the one that we had uh, was a little bit later. It just seems like everyone was kind of on the same page here, where it's like, you know, let's just be honest, football is not going to happen in August, um, but we need to somehow <laughs> salvage. Uh, the school year as best we can. Um, sure. And I, I mean, are you, what's your confidence level at with football in, in February, March? Oh, man. I, I, I wish I could tell you, here we go. Let's go. Can't wait. We're going to get ready to go. And I, I just don't know. Um, we'll have to see what happens. I think things like if we can get our basketballs underway and doing those kinds of things that are, have a little, um, you know, a little higher level of, of, 
personal contact, and you know what? We've got a fighting chance. Uh, we'll see. You know, one of the things about our plan and about all plans that were produced is that you know this isn't this isn't a power five conference this is high school athletics and as important as football is and i love high school football i love college football it's crucially important to all that we do high school football doesn't pay for the athletic program like it does at a major college or even a, a smaller division three college football is important but you know what so is everything else that we do and this there was never a plan written that was written around all right let's start with football and then build off of that that's not what high school athletics is about high school athletics is about the 28 sports that we have for both genders that allow all to participate and be a part of the high school athletic interscholastic experience and um Football is important. I love football. Football is as important as everything else that we run, and um, we just need to understand that that there's never there was never a plan that I would ever support that puts football in a better light or any other sport for that matter in a better light than the others. Yeah, I think that's an important point. It, it just seems like um, well, let me ask you this: in the in the plan that you guys drew up, what were all the seasons? Did they were they the equal amount of time? Yes. Okay, but the, and yeah. and when when would the uh, spring season have ended? Oh, the spring season would have ended in May. It would have been similar to what's going on. It was May. It was kind of like that. I'm just again, I don't have that in front of me, but it was kind of we're going to go in December, and then we're going to go in March, and then we're going to go in May. And it probably went a little longer through uh, the summer than what the, the IHSA plan that was adopted and supported. Okay. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I think, I just wonder what it, if, and I understand what you're saying about the IHSA maybe doesn't have the expectation that the fall and the winter and, and the spring will go as planned and they may have to shorten those seasons. Um, I, I just wonder what the reaction would have been if, uh does that summer season would have been expanded a little bit? Do you think that? Yeah. Do you think that would have been the? Would would that have been the closest the IHSA could come to pleasing everyone? I I guess I, I what I would tell you is that, you know, maybe that'll still happen, right? I mean, we've got the opportunity. That's what I've been telling maybe, people. Yeah, maybe they'll extend that. I I know that one of the issues that the spring sports have, which I completely get and completely understand, um, is the issue and the competition with club aau and travel team schedules right so um you know will a student athlete choose to play high school um when they can play in a travel program uh where maybe they have a different playing expectation or playing time expectation those are the kinds of things that we're going to have to fight through with regards to that time of year um all of the clubs whether it's volleyball soccer travel baseball aau basketball all of those guys have seasons and in most cases they're built around the high school calendar now that the high school calendar has gone up for grabs does that mean that they have to change theirs the answer is probably no i understand that however can the ihsa adjust their bylaws and rules with regards to what a kid can do so would a student athlete be able to play travel soccer or travel volleyball or AAU basketball and still play basketball for Naperville North High School. I think if it's done appropriately, and we've talked to our coaches all along about, hey, 
What is the relationship you have with these clubs and with these travel teams? Do you have a relationship that's going to allow us to work together to best serve our kids, whether it's at the high school or the AAU level? And if we do that, and we do that with our kids' best interest in mind, my guess is we can coexist and we can work through some of those types of issues. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been following basketball as much just because it seems like baseball and softball are the ones really kind of you know, ticked off about this whole thing. And I, I've seen, at least based on, I'm on Twitter quite a bit, and a lot of the club baseball travel baseball programs are saying, you know what, we're, we're just going to hold off until the high school season's done. We don't, we don't want the kids having to make a choice. And I sure hope that that trend continues, but... Um, For sure. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't either. I mean, those are travel baseball, maybe not so much, but... Um, you know, AAU basketball and, and yeah. club volleyball and club soccer, those are livelihoods for people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we've got to get those things figured out, and we have to work with them to best serve our kids. We'll have the same issue as we go through our contact days in the fall. Um, you know, how yeah, are we right. working with those folks? We're not killing our kids, so they're not spending eight hours on the computer doing e-learning and then another eight hours doing running from football to basketball to baseball to travel yeah. baseball well, and, you know whatever the scenario is and the kids aren't going to complain because they're dying to do stuff right now for sure you know for sure. Mean, they're they're yeah. wanting to get out and do everything right and we need to be helpful and we need to not only helpful in regards to the avoidance of COVID 19 but helpful in what we know is good for our kids yeah and uh you know we you can read all the studies you want about overuse injury and things like that um, before I forget, I want to. We've kind of been in contact about this a little bit, but the whole issue of transfers this coming school year. Yeah. How right. how big of a concern is that for you? Because, um, you know, you see some football players talking about going to Iowa or Florida. Um, I think I saw a basketball player um is going to a different state. Um, the way the rules set up now, and I, I sent you that. That uh, that information I, I had about how you could theoretically play football if you and your family moved to Iowa, you could play the fall football season in Iowa, and then if you you and your family move back to Illinois, you will be eligible to play in the spring season for football. Right. Um, now this obviously is a potential can of worms and a Pandora's box that could just be unheard of for IHSA sports. I mean what. What is your thought on all that? Well, my thought is, my thought probably aligns more with nothing to do with COVID-19, but what's best for kids and families. And I don't ever believe that it's good that a family would pick up their entire family or part of their family and move to another state so a young person could excel in athletics. I don't believe that you could ever convince me that that's a a really good thing to do for a family or for um, a scenario for a young person. Um, I believe that um, there's all kinds of messages we give our kids when we say, okay, we're going to pick up our family, we're going to move so that you we're going to buy a new home so that you can play sports. My goodness, that's a dangerous, dangerous statement and a dangerous action, in my opinion, in Bob Quinn's opinion only. So um, that's, that's one of my thoughts on the issue. The other issue is that 
if you're going to tell me that you believe it's helpful for a young person to play three seasons of football in one year, then I need to see the doctor who's going to believe that's a really good thing to do. Um, I can't imagine that is the case. Um, so, you know, I, I, I suppose the IHSA could say because our traditional season is in the fall, we're not going to allow that. And you know what? Maybe that's what they should do. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen because right now we've had, there's been cases, I believe, California girls soccer plays during the fall season. Um, and we've had cases where a kid has, a young person has competed in girls soccer in California, moved to Illinois, again, not necessarily because they wanted to get another season, although maybe that happens, I don't know. They've moved to Illinois and our season is in the spring and they are eligible to participate in spring. So that's not a new rule, but the application is different because we've moved football. So will that happen? Yeah, it might, uh, and we'll deal with it. Do I believe that that's socially a good thing for families, kids, and athletics? Absolutely not. Uh, and it opens up a whole new recruiting window for some of the schools out there that may be looking for kids to play in the spring, you know? Correct. And, Kevin, recruiting's illegal in the IHSA. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, but I, I just think that there's a lot of things like that that we're going to run into along the way here that um, maybe we have to deal with on the fly, you know? I, I, yep. There's just a whole bunch of scenarios out there with this new calendar that, I don't even think we know is coming at this point. Um, it might I, be on I your radar agree. just because you're, you know, you're the you're the pro. But man, I I, I guarantee there's going to be things pop up that are just going to stun me that I never even thought about. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that that's going to happen. We don't know. What we don't know, right? I mean, that there is absolutely that phenomenon that will occur uh, where you say, "Holy cow! I never even thought of that." Um, but it will happen, and we'll have to adjust. And again. If we make the best, if we make the decision that's in the best interest of our student athletes, we cannot fail. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that's the priority with everyone. Um, let, I, before I, I let you go here, one more thing about the masks. I've been hearing that there are some basketball teams out there that are scrimmaging with masks um, in an effort to kind of figure out is this something that we can competitively do? Can, can we go through a basketball season wearing masks? Do you, you know, as being a coach at heart, do you see that being a possibility that some of these sports, we will, we will see masks, you know, uh, you talk, talk about cross country, you talk about uh, volleyball, um, but mainly basketball. Do you, do you see that being a possibility? Cause I don't know. I don't know that I could, exert myself that physically while wearing a mask yeah i don't you know um i is it a possibility absolutely or you choose not to play basketball if you don't like the rules right um i think it's absolutely something that may happen i don't know who's scrimmaging it i'm assuming you're talking about aau or something like that because we don't at the high school level right now if you're still running camp as we are this week which is the last week to run it uh you cannot do any physical contact scrimmage type activity right no right? i'm talking yeah. a, i'm talking like club okay. stuff yeah okay um and so um are they wearing uh, you know can you wear a mask I, I think so as i say we've gone through we've gone through uh 
our summer camp and have not scrimmaged, but we have done everything else. And uh, our kids have worn the masks, and the kids have done the best that they can with them on. And um, our coaches have talked to me about, you know, uh, how proud they are of them, that the kids have done the things that they've asked them to do and have not complained and have uh, worked through all of those types of things. And maybe that's one of those things that becomes a new normal out of this. I, I don't know. Um, you know, is it something I can conceive? Right now, absolutely. Um, no question about it. Is it healthful? Is it uh, the best thing we can do is you compete at a high level and exert yourself at that high physical level? I don't have the answer to that. Yeah, I, I just, um, it, it's, it's, boy, I don't know. I don't, I don't like putting a situation, putting kids in a situation where they're, if they're not breathing properly while exerting themselves that much, right. you know, I, I just sure. don't know. I, I'm not an, I'm not an athlete at that level, so I don't know what it feels like, but um, I, I just think with the mandate of having to wear a mask in a, in a school, I just, I don't know how you get, I don't know how you get to the point of playing basketball if you don't do right. that. Maybe we go outside, we'll get on the, on the playground and play outside. Well, <laughs> if we're going to play football outside in February. <laughs> right. right, no doubt. Um, and just be thankful that you, uh, you have a, artificial surface on your stadium because man can you imagine playing football on some grass fields in in february and march it'll happen at wabonzi and nico right yeah no no doubt about it um it'll be uh yeah I, we were out at we uh we're fortunate here at uh, naperville north and naperville central in 203 we just had our turf replaced uh at uh, the goodwill of our board of education and our administration and our community and um you know, one of the conversations we had today was snow removal. So, um, as we were doing our punch on our punch list. So, um, yeah, it's something you think about and that we're going to have to get figured out. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, I've covered plenty of playoff football in, uh, blizzards. So no, no doubt. I remember seeing it. I think one of the coldest games I ever covered was a Naperville North semifinal game. You might've still been at Wheaton Warrenville South. Um, but it was Naperville North against Glumbard North. And it was, Boy, it was cold that day. But oh uh, yeah, um, I remember. A, yeah, I remember a, a Wheaton Warrenville South Joliet Catholic game at Wheaton College. Uh, Mike Allstott, I think, was on Joliet Catholic's team, and it was fridge. I think it was the semi, so it was the week before Thanksgiving, and it was cold. Yeah, I mean, it's, at least at least if we have a football season, you know, the weather will get better instead of worse. So I guess that's that's, <laughs> that's a positive. Right. Yeah. There's the, that's just silver lining. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mr. Silver Lining with all this stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, well, Bob Quinn, Naperville North Athletic Director, I really appreciate you jumping on here. I know it was kind of a last-minute thing, but I, I thought it was important to get someone with uh, intimate knowledge about the situation, get them on here, and kind of hash through some of these uh, some of these questions we all have about the new IHSA plan. Well, thanks, Kevin. As I said, uh, the public service that we're all doing to communicate and to be positive about this and do what we can to serve our kids and our community is what it's about. So um, thank you for your work and thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to hopefully uh, getting our six fall sports going here, um, come up here in a, in a week. Yeah, let's all hope for that, right? I was kind of hoping to be calling Sean Drendel about his football team, but I guess I'll, I'll wait until February. There you go. <laughs> All right, Bob Quinn, Naperville North Athletic Director, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Tim. All right, that was Naperville North Athletic Director Bob Quinn, who was nice enough to join us at the last minute here. 
uh, felt it was important to get this uh, information out there, just try to answer some questions about this IHSA plan. Um, but we are running long, so I'm going to cut it off here. Uh, you can find this podcast, Tailgating with Dave and Kevin. Uh, we are hosted by SoundCloud. We are also on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, you'll also be able to find this podcast on our Basketball Focus web- website. That's basketball.dailyherald.com. And our Football Focus website, football.dailyherald.com. As well as our regular website, dailyherald.com. Uh, So that's going to do it for now. Um, This was kind of a special edition. Don't know uh, quite sure when we'll be back with another edition of Tailgating with Dave and Kevin. But uh, we will be back soon. And until then, everyone stay safe. And thank you for listening to this special edition of Tailgating with Dave and Kevin. Take care, everyone. Thank you.